We're going to start with our warm-up question, and I will start with Peter. What is one thing you want your character to accomplish before this game ends, as in the game, the campaign, the whole story? Um, hmm. This is thinking high level. I don't really know. Peter has kind of been thrown into this. He's just been trying to serve Vishon, uh the way he the way he knows by healing people. And then suddenly, you know, with the with Wombat showing up and the stag and just bandits and all that stuff. Um, he doesn't really know what, I, I guess he's just trying to figure out what all is going on. That's something valuable to have figured out before the game ends. <laughs> <laughs> What's going yeah, on? Yeah, so I, this may be a bit early in the series, too, for for this. I can see Meredith is already biting her fingers over this question. <laughs> <laughs> and we may just scrap the question altogether. But, no, just kidding. We're doing this. <laughs> we have cicadas. Yeah, like what? All right, Wamberbash or Michael. So I I want him to elevate his his demeanor and his intelligence a little bit, but I also want him to maintain his innocence. I like the fact that he's genuine uh, and he has no real alternative motive other than like he he's hungry and he wants to eat <laughs> and he he likes people Is in he general. Is he yeah, hungry? always. Oh, okay. But Just- but I don't, you know, and, and even if he does get, you know, well, essentially smaller, attain more knowledge and wisdom, I want him to still be an, an innocent, like genuine guy. Okay. So holding on to that spark of, of innocence yeah. throughout. Okay, good. Tira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want her to do better in battle, I guess. <laughs> I can fight more. Fight more now. Um. Be making stuff up. That's what D and D is. The top of my head. So she, I, I imagine she would still be struggling with the loss of her mother. Okay. So maybe Coming this quest some... kind of helps her come to terms with that, and and maybe more fully step into her place by the end of it. I'd like to with, see her become a mother. Actually, with uh, what's his name? Clinton. What's the dude's name? Clinton. Oh. <laughs> Who's the, Clinton? The mayor. What's the mayor's name? Oh, Chiswick. Yeah, Chiswick. <laughs> Chisholm. <laughs> That's a negatory good so buddy. So now we're going to have half dwarves in this world, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. They're a little taller. <laughs> so, people. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> short people aren't people? Short people aren't people, and this is coming from a short person. <laughs> Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. This is Rhett, the DM for Stack of Dice, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Humberbash Benson Mum. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. Last time, after a, a tense fight in which all three of our party members were tested to the extreme, almost, uh, they overcame a group of bandits that were trying to destroy the villagers of Arden. After that, the mayor called them all up, presented them before the entire village population after the battle was over, and declared that they were heroes of Arden and that a feast would be held in their honor. And so Wamberbash fainted. He was dragged to the Great Stag Inn and revived. And there, Peter, Tira, and Wamberbash all talked about the things they had just been through. Obviously, it was an intense ordeal, one that they dealt with a lot of things. And, of course, the aftermath was quite a bit more than they perhaps were prepared to deal with. In the end, they found that they had the ability to get ready. And after some words of encouragement amongst them... They agreed that they needed to follow through with going to the party. And we left with them heading out the door of the inn to go to the great party. All right, who's ready to tell the story? I am. Me! Yay. It is evening time in the mountain, the foothills of the Three Sisters. And so as a spring evening, it's nice out, but it is getting cool. And as you round the edge of the Great Stag and go out onto the village green, you can see that a great pavilion has been erected in a short amount of time. 
There are little lanterns hanging from each of the support pillars. And uh, you can see already a crowd of people is there. And at each of the four corners of the tent is a large, not, I wouldn't say bonfire, that's a little too grand, but certainly a big brazier that is filled with flaming logs to help drive the chill away from the tent. And of course, inside the tent, these little lights are hung on strings underneath, and you can hear the sounds of people laughing and joking and uh, preparing to uh, have this evening of honor. So you are approaching the tent. Is there anything you want to do last minute, things you want to say to each other as you're approaching the tent? It's about 100 yards away. I smell food. <laughs> yes, you, you do. You do indeed. Yes, you do. All right, you guys ready? Yes. You yeah. take, your, take your last steps into the pools of light there at the entrance to the tent. And as the smell of the sausages wafts over you, uh, you notice that the crowd falls silent. You're looking down an aisle of the tent. There are tables lined on either side. And down at the far end of the tent is a dais, a temporary platform that's been constructed. And there is a, a, what amounts to the high table where Chiswick and your father, Tira, sitting side by side. Your father has taken the care to plate his beard, and he is beaming at you. You can tell he's only looking at you as you enter the tent. So are you entering side by side by side? Yeah. All right, you step in, and as soon as you hit the edge of the tent and that pool of light, silence falls in the tent. And Chiswick stands, and he begins to applaud slowly. And as he does so, the rest of the tent begins to swell with applause. And before you know it, the entire tent is ringing with applause. I'm clapping with them. Okay. Are you kind of holding your hands toward the crowd? Yes. That kind of, this is not just for me. It's for you, too? Yes. Excellent. All right. So you, uh, as you're standing there, I, I would assume overcome with all this attention, mm -hmm. uh, you can see Chiswick beckoning to you to come forward. Who's going to take the first step? <laughs> I think I do. Okay. I know that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Tira. So are you in the middle of this little party? Yes. Okay, so you're in the middle, so it's tall, short, tall. Yes. And Tira just strides out, and the two of you, I guess, following her lead, follow. Okay, and so it's like this little triangle of people headed towards the front. And as you get there, Chiswick draws you up onto the stage, Tira, mm -hmm. by your hand, and uh, the rest of you stand up there with them. So it's Chiswick. And your father are the bookends, okay. and then the three of you are in the middle. Okay. And as you turn, um, you can see the, all these faces looking at you. Some of them are smiling. Some of them are maybe trying to make sense of who you all are. Obviously, they know you, Peter. And Tira, you're a somewhat familiar face. Womberbash, you are the question mark in this crowd. Uh, so the applause goes for what seems like a long time, but probably in reality a few seconds. And then Chiswick raises his hands, and the audience quiets down. And he says, People of Arden, friends, we all know why we are here this evening. Now you can hear a pin drop. We have lost many good friends this day. And though they are gone, we will not forget them. Let us have a moment of silence to honor those who fell today. And after that moment of silence passes, it's probably longer than what we've given it. But he raises his head from his contemplation. And he says, as I mentioned earlier today, things could have been a lot worse if it were not for our friends here, Peter Greyhawk. And Peter, do you do anything as he announces your name? Straighten up as I stand. Okay, and can you just describe what you're wearing? I think you didn't change out of your armor, correct? You're still wearing your splint or your scale mail? Yes. Is that right? Okay. So you straighten up and you hear that clinking of the plates falling into line as you stand, straighten up. Anything else you want to do or any gesture you want to make? I clap with them. Okay. Are they clapping? When they say No, name? they're not clapping. All right, I stand there clapping. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> applause for yourself. I, I was out there like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Peter!"> <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Tira Ironstag. I, I think I just, I might look towards my father. Okay, so you look off to your mm-hmm. side, to your left, mm-hmm. and that's where he's standing. Mm-hmm. You can tell his head's about to split from the grin he's got on his face. And Womberbash Benson Mum. I, uh, my shoulders raise up, my head kind of goes down. Mm-hmm. I kind of blush a little bit, and I kind of look down as if to be somewhat hesitant or bashful. I don't like the attention. Let us all welcome these brave souls to our village. And with that, the crowd, do, the crowd does burst into applause. And again, after it dies down, Peter, or, I'm sorry, Chiswick says, and for now, let us have a feast. And with that, from the shadows on the sides of the tent, people carrying trays heaped with food come out. And, and of course, there are, there's one at each end of the main table on this dais, and income plates full of cheese and sausages and cutlets of meat and bread and just about anything you want, fruits, all these things are coming in. Very likely the last of the winter stores. So there's a dual purpose here. They're trying to get out with yeah. the old and with the new. <laughs> but at the same time, this is good stuff. Um, you know that Arden is famed for its fatlings, the sausages that are made of venison. And they also have cheese and sauce, spices mixed in. Yes. And they are fat. They're They're about as... Uh, they're about an inch around, and when they're cooked up, they have that crackly, crackled skin and everything. So, I mean, it smells amazing in this tent. And so, yeah, this, this stuff just gets laid out on the tables, and everyone sits down and begins to fall to. <laughs> There's a buzz of conversation throughout mm-hmm. the tent, and of course, at the high table, you are cheek by jowl with <laughs> with Chizik and your father and the three of you. Is there anything you want to say to each other while you're eating? Uh, Tira, I don't I, I, I don't see, do you see any mushrooms anywhere? There um. are mushrooms. In <gasps> fact, <laughs> I forgot to mention this. Uh, Matilda is also in the tent, and as she's circulating through the tent, you can hear her saying something about, my new recipe! <laughs> and yes. there, there are little trays of mushroom casserole. <gasps> being placed on the table at strategic places. So, yes, there is mushroom here. Now, I see Matilda over there, and I think she's making rather a big deal of that uh, mushroom casserole. Go get it. The feast continues, and as it does, you find that you and your father, Tira, are drawn into conversation with each other because you're sitting side by side. Mm -hmm. Um, And he quietly leans over while you're eating Every now and then he'll look up and he'll wave with a, with a smile at the crowd. And he leans over and he says, being around humans is hard. It, it can be sometimes, I know, especially for you. Maybe you need to just mix with them a little more. They smile too much. <laughs> they mean to be friendly. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm making <laughs> This isn't pretend. This is real. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember what you told me at the wall earlier today about big things happening. And Mm -hmm. did you mention to him that you might need to go away? I know you mentioned it to Chiswick. I didn't. I don't think so. I think I know you mentioned it to Chiswick. Right. You, you, you said you encountered something, but you would tell right. him more th- about that later. Okay. I think, that's yeah, what it was. I think when, when I came back to try and convince him, and he was like, "Where have you been?" And I was like, well, "I've seen and done a lot of things, and you know, whatever." But right now, we have a problem, so I don't think I mentioned going away. He says, "Well, I can't wait for this to be over. I, this is nice. Don't get me wrong, but it sure will be good to have you back in the delve." And so I kind of. What's that look? Oh dear. <laughs> You're not thinking of staying here? N- no. Um, I, hadn't, I hadn't meant to bring this up just now, but while, I was, while I've been away overnight, is it overnight or two days? You were gone overnight, mm-hmm. and then this, this is actually the end of the second day of this game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking I've been gone for days, and yeah. While I was... While Peter and and Wumberbash and I were away overnight, Dad, you wouldn't believe some of the things... I said Dad again. <laughs> Sorry. 
you wouldn't believe some of the things that we encountered. After our first encounter with the bandits, we were led almost, it seemed, into a meeting with a... Father, I think it was the great iron stag. The what? We Not we, the iron stag of our name. I believe so. He said he knew me. Listen, it, 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 it's also jumbled in my head. So many things have happened since then, but... Now, are, are you keeping your voice down as you're yeah, talking? Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. No, I yeah. just want to make sure. Because I'm no good at that. I guess Tira is a little better at it than I am. She grew up in a mine. <laughs> yeah, she, she learned to whisper in a mine. Um, I suppose I'm keeping it down as okay, much as... that's fine. You know, I'm not shouting over the crowd or anything, but... He seemed to know me. He called me by name and said he had been waiting for me and for Wombabash and Peter. By name? Yes, sir. I... He told us that there was... Something coming. He seemed to indicate that there was... That the world needed our help and our protection. I know it sounds ridiculous, and I, I, I can't say it the way he did. But I'm convinced that there's something I need to do. Once this festival is over, Peter and Wombabash and I will be leaving. Leaving? Hey, tell them about the stone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you told me something about something strange happening. Well, there were a lot of things that fit that description. We First, we went together through a series of, of challenges and, and questions. And every time, we, every time we, we passed one, there'd be another. And then we met the stag at the end. And he's the one that told us about the the bandit attack and we did decide to come back instead of going on and at that point he sort of breathed out these stones stones what what stones are you talking about i guess i, I have it in my i have it That's on up me to so you. i do, do pull you? it out okay. and i guess i take it out of my pocket and i'm holding it just kind of hypnotically not not necessarily like hey dad not necessarily like, hey, father, look at this, but it's kind of, I pull it out of my, and I'm holding it in front of myself. He looks down at the stone mm -hmm. in your hand and sees it glowing. Mm -hmm. And his eyes, you can see the yellowish light of mm -hmm. your stone reflected in his eyes, and mm -hmm. they just go wide in wonder. Do I notice that? Or am I? Okay, mm -hmm. so I notice his expression. Do you recognize this? You might want to keep that down. I don't know what that is, but. I've never seen a stone glow like that before. So my fist is kind of closing over it okay. as he speaks. What, what is that? He didn't really explain it to me, but Father, when I picked it up, I heard the song. What song? The one Mother used to sing to me. No. And you can see his eyes immediately tear up. But it didn't seem... It was like I could, I could remember it more clearly than, than I have in years. Cause she hasn't, she hadn't sung it since I was little. But Peter also picked a stone up, and do I know, do I know about Wombabashes at this point? I don't think you do we, at we this still point. Found out that he has one. Right? No, okay. you do know. You absolutely do know because he handed you his in the Great Stag, and you heard his music. <gasps> Yeah. And some, something was pulling at you that hasn't been. Right. So when you handed it back, that dissipated. Yeah. Okay. You're right. So yes, you do know okay. about his. All right. So so Peter has one and Wombabash and somehow they tie us together. And I think they're, they're connected to what the stag wants us to do, but I still don't know what that is. All I know is we have to go. You can see many emotions playing across Finolf's face as he is processing all this. He stopped eating. He has a hunk of bread in one hand and mm -hmm. a, his hand around a flagon with the other. And he, you can just see him, his chief mind at work, weighing all the pros and the cons, the dangers, the risks, everything. 
and you can see that his his initial impulse is to just immediately tell you no, because mm-hmm. you are his only living family left. You are his daughter. You're the light of his world. And he badly wants to say no. But you can also see him softening with the mention of your mother and the song. And after a moment, long moment of internal struggle, you can see him straighten himself up in his chair. And he looks you square in the face, which he doesn't do very often. Mm. And he says, you know my mind. You know how dearly I would love to have you stay here with me. But I also know you have a lot of your mother in you. And that's why I loved her. I will not tell you no. But if the road should ever become too hard, you come right on back home. You hear me? Yes, sir. <sighs> he puffs his mouth out and you can see his mustache kind of flop away from his mouth and fall <laughs> back into place. And then he goes right back to drinking and eating. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to, he's putting on that chief facade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Peter. I need to my, stone back in my pocket now. <laughs> Peter, at the other end of the table, you're in between Chiswick and Womberbash. Womberbash, you're, I guess you're in the middle on this seating arrangement. Uh, Chiswick is going on about just how appreciative he is of the help you've offered and uh, all the things that you have done through his time as mayor and, and the work you as a cleric of Visham have offered the, the village of Arden. And uh, he finally takes a breath and he says, oh, I'm so sorry, Peter. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about? I feel like I have hope that we can exist as a town. It's just, it's been an encouraging day in spite of all the loss. Well, it's not much for me to talk about, really. I mean, I just, I'm content to just sit and listen for now. Well, all right. And as you look out across the crowd, uh, you can see the physic. He is, he's not really partaking. He's sitting at a table and he's, he's in good spirits. You can tell that he's enjoying the evening, uh, but he's down probably a few tables into the tent and you can see him make eye contact with you and he gestures with his head outside the tent. I nod and follow. Okay. So you just excuse yourself from the table and mm-hmm. you get up and step uh, do you want to say anything before you leave? No. no. Okay. All right. So you're just going to get up and leave. All right. So you step backwards off the dais and go out the back of the tent. The, the, the sides are all open. There's no walls on the tent. It's just an open tent all mm-hmm. around. And so you go around and find the physics standing there. And he puts one hand, one firm hand on your shoulder and says, Peter, I saw what you did today. And I have to ask you, how did you do that? His blue eyes are drilling into you. I nervously pull out my stone. His breath catches. Where did you get that? It's a a long story. I have time. So I'm just going to kind of cut ahead and say, I tell him basically all the... Montage. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, all the things that happened from the bandit encounter to talk to the stag to going all the way up the mountain to the tower and the caves and all that stuff. And then seeing all the campfires and getting the stones and then going all the way back down the battle. And just kind of like stopping where he kind of came back into the story. To his credit and to your relief, he doesn't interrupt you at all as you talk. And he's always been a very understanding mentor to you. But he lets you finish your say. And once you come to the end of your story, he says, please hold up the stone. I do so. And he leans in very closely and that green light pierces through the dark. And in fact, it looks like a very large firefly in this gloom of the the falling twilight. And he says, I saw a stone like this many years ago. It was not this color or shape but it was a stone very like it. They bring only trouble. How so? I tell you, if you do what is right for you, you will get rid of this as quickly as possible. 
What is your mind, boy? My instincts are immediate, are telling me, first off the bat, trust Comfrey, because he's never told me anything false. But then again, my, my mind conjures up the image of that horrible wound that, that was all the way across Chiswick's arm, probably needing to be amputated, and he would never be able to use that arm again. And then I just knelt down without even thinking. I just sewed it back up with, with absolutely nothing, like... And then it was brand new again, and, I, and thinking about that, I, and then my imagination just, like, my imagination just, like, kicks into hyperdrive almost, as I'm just already thinking about all the good I could do with this kind of power, being able to heal everybody and make sure nobody's ever hurt. And suddenly I don't want to get rid of the stone. What do you say to him, though? Because he's asked, obviously you've come to this conclusion in your mind, but... What do you tell him? I need to think about this. I understand. These things do take time. I have a feeling this foretells a departure. Is that right? Yes. Where are you going? The stag told me. The stag? Well, I explained to him the whole... That's right, the stag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes, the stag. (laughs) Sorry, my mind is just getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stag told us that we need to go to Flunmore first, and then after that, who knows what. But I have a feeling that that this is what the gods have destined me for. It tears at my heart to hear this. And you can see tears streaming down his face. What have I done? But I've known this time was coming. The armor is yours. The shield is yours. The crossbow is yours. Use them well. I will. He hugs you fiercely. You wouldn't even think that this old frame would be able to hug as hard as it does, but you feel the air being pressed out of your lungs. And when he lets you go, you almost involuntarily <laughs> gasp back in. And with that, he gives you one last probing look and then turns and walks off into the darkness in the direction of the chapel. You've been so engrossed in this conversation that the background noise of the party, the, of the people eating and laughing and joking, has almost faded into nothingness. But as soon as he walks away, it comes crashing back in and you hear, oh yeah, I, I was at a party. And as the guest of honor, it's probably up to you to return to that party. No return. Had I noticed him walk away? You are, yes, absolutely. He, he didn't make a secret of it. Right. And did I, did I see him? I just noticed him walk away, but did I, did I see him talking to the physic? Uh, you would have seen... Them just standing. I mean, not that I heard it, but I saw them standing together. I think you saw... The physic get up and leave, Mm -hmm. and you saw Peter get up and leave. So it's not a hard conclusion to make. All right, so you come back to the seat just in time to hear somebody from the crowd who is obviously in his cups. And he says, I'm okay with the two. What about that one? And he points at Womberbash. Saw him snorting like a beast and charging through people and... uh, I don't want anyone like that around here. And you can see he stands up and he slams his cup onto the table, which then falls onto the, onto the ground. And you hear a couple other voices throughout the tent giving their assent to that sentiment. And it's starting to get a little tense in the tent. I think I stand up. If yeah. it makes any difference. <laughs> stand stand up. on the table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm finished eating now, so I, I think I'm going to go back to my room. Wumper Bash, wait. Because I want to, I don't want people talking about him that way. That's why I thought I would stand up, and I can't think of what I would say. Because I don't want to be insulting. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, so I'm trying to think what I would even say. Like, hey, buddy, he saved your life. But I wouldn't say that. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> you're a beast. Go home, you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
So let's just start with you push your chair back quickly yeah. and stand up. And stand up, maybe, I don't know, looking towards him, between him and Wombabash. And... But you can see several people who obviously saw mm-hmm. your transformation or in the time between mm-hmm. the end of the battle and now have been talking about it and have been building up that moment in their minds. And there are some pretty angry looking faces. And you'll have to remember that magic is not a real thing to these people. They are very thrown off by that display. But as that happens, you can see a small child, a little girl, detaches her hand from one of the shouting people. And almost in a dreamlike state, she walks right up the middle aisle and around the table, and she just goes around and grabs your hand. And she looks up at you and she says, you saved my mommy today. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, just kind of bashfully look down. That's all I can do. Okay. And you can see that she's just looking up at you and grinning. And with that, a couple of the people in the crowd are just, even those who were shouting suddenly just step back and they are, they're stopping their shouting. Maybe I look out into the crowd. Has it, has it quieted down? Yeah. It's, it's starting mm-hmm. to quiet down. I mean, like, did it quiet down when that guy shouted and everybody was kind of like, hmm, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I'm already standing, if anyone can tell. And I was thinking, yeah, that seems rude. I was going to say, I might kind of say out to the audience, you know, does, does anybody else have a problem with Wombabash? But that seems rude. Well, remember your character. That's true. <laughs> she is forthright. That's true. And this or, is... Or maybe instead of saying, because it just sounds petulant. You got a problem with that? Does anyone else have a problem with Wombabash? No. I might say, um, are you going to argue with that? And uh, more of the people who were standing and shouting began to look abashed, and they sit back down. Womberbashed? <laughs> Perhaps. All right. <laughs> All right. And uh, you, you never stood up, did you, Womberbash? Okay. Oh, I, no, I, I, I didn't. All right. So at this point, the little girl actually climbs up into your lap and rests her little head on your chest. Aw. Um, is there... Uh, are you you're just gonna sit there like uh Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, elf yeah okay uh so yeah she is she's basically just curled it up in your lap and within a few moments you can feel that she's radiating heat like babies do when they fall asleep <laughs> she's just asleep on your chest Ooh. uh and at that nobody else has anything to say um and Chiswick also stood when you stood, and his face turned bright red, mm-hmm. like he was about Upset. about ready to let people have it. Yeah. But as soon as he sees this in progress, he, he realizes, okay, I don't need to do it's anything. And so he sits back down, and without the hum of conversation continues. And that's it. The, the party continues mm-hmm. without further event, and it seems now that things have calmed down. And you are, for all intents and purposes, a welcomed member of this town, Womberbash. All right. Is there anything else you want to do during the party? Uh, I, when Peter gets back, that's why I asked if I noticed him getting up. Maybe when Peter gets back to his seat, I might ask him. Because I'm assuming that on his face, he looks a little shaken. Do you look a little shaken, Peter? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you had come back into the tent just in time for the ugly scene. Mm-hmm. But once things calm back down, let's see, Tira, you would have to be talking around Womberbash to talk to Peter. Okay. So as long as you're okay with that. Yeah. I okay. just so you're kind of leaning, lean, leaning back lean behind back him. back and over and say, are you all right, Peter? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. How long do we have to be here? Because like... Well, you're stuck. You got a kid on your lap. I don't want to be here right now. I look at him. Well, we have about as long as that kid is asleep on your lap. Can you take her? You start poking her. (laughs) Yeah. Wake up, kid. She starts crying and everyone turns on you again. No, no, no. Um, So that's the extent of my conversation with Peter, apparently. Yeah, I'm fine. Typical. Yeah, I guess. I'm a dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you, uh, as far as you know, everything is okay with Peter. Uh, how are you feeling, Tira? After your conversation with your dad and oh, so forth? Oh, yeah. Um, 
my resolve isn't shaken at all. I was still, I'm still planning to go. Um, I suppose I'm slightly warmed by his departing words there and starting to feel, and, and in fact, maybe in, in an odd way, feeling even more than ever, like I can do this. If my dad's not going to stop me from going, my father's not going to get out of the habit of saying that. <laughs> my dad, my dad, my dad, my dad. Um, if my father's not going to stop me from going, um, he must have some confidence in me because he would have said so otherwise. Yeah. He has always had the greatest respect for you and your abilities. This is, I think, except for the Delve collapse, this might be one of my first opportunities to really put that into practice, though. I've always just been at home under his leadership, and now I'm planning to go out and do something about which he knows nothing. Yeah. Um, with people about whom he knows nothing. In a world that is full of mischance. Yes. So okay. I'm feeling strangely heartened, actually. All right. Well, the, the party begins to wind down as people slowly begin to drift out. They they file by the dais as they go. <laughs> Womberbash is disposing of the child mm -hmm. <laughs> as the parents come through. Uh, but they, they all bow to you as they pass the table and they uh, give their thanks in varying degrees of clarity and sincerity. sincerity. My <laughs> friends, you bow to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You can cut that out. Quoting something. <laughs> You know, you know what it is? No, uh, uh The Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, when the when the hobbits go oh, to... Oh, I've only seen that all the way through once. What? Uh, <laughs> rectify that immediately. <laughs> all right, cut. <laughs> party winds Good down. Party. You You do hand off the little girl. Her name is Clara. And so, uh, yeah, you uh, finish up. And then mm -hmm. with that, uh, Chiswick bids you goodnight. He says your rooms are taken care of. And... Based on what you told me at the end before we left, I know you told him this, mm -hmm. you need to leave. And I wish you the God's blessings. Are we thinking of heading out immediately or don't we want to go to bed or something? Well, that, that's it. You have rooms. <laughs> oh, okay. Got you it. Have rooms. Got it. Uh, but he knows that you have told him that mm -hmm. you need to be on your way. Okay. So you're taking care of for tonight. All right. Tira, are we leaving tomorrow? I think we should. Okay. I've always wanted a horse. Can I have a horse? Where would we find horses in town? You know that the militia actually brought most of the horses, if not all of them. Any animals that are left, any draft animals that are left in town are used for farming mm -hmm. and would not be suitable for long-distance yeah. travel. That might be hard to find, Peter. Most of our military horses have gone out with the militia. The only ones left are, they just pull carts. Can I have a pony? Sure, a pony would be a good size for somebody who's 5'11". <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. Your dad rode one in you the Grand a Canyon. Pony? Yeah. Or a mule or something. Yeah, I think it was a mule. His feet were dragging the ground, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so no horses? For no, horses. No, no horses, yeah. yeah. Can I have a mule? There, there's nothing yeah. that anybody would be willing there's, to part with. Yeah. Can I have a dog? <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a puppy? Can you carry me? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we head on upstairs? I, I believe the mayor has provided us all rooms in the stag. And um, let's go up there and we can plan. Peter. Coming. Seem, I'm you, coming with you. Are you, you seem like you're pretty preoccupied. Was everything all right with the physic? Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Well, we can talk about it upstairs. All right. So you make your way to the great stag, head up the stairs, Find your rooms. Womberbash, you're obviously familiar with yours. Mm -hmm. And Tira and Peter, you can settle into your own rooms. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, is there anything else you want to do? You've got all your gear. So anything that's on your sheet, okay. inventory-wise, you have in your possession. Okay. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could have taken... You, I, we can retcon and say that you've taken food from the party that you can bring with you on your travels, that kind of okay. stuff. The sausage will keep pretty well. Right. Bread and cheese, obviously. I'm going to sleep on the floor. Okay. Are you just piling your skins on yeah, the yeah, floor? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah. Uh, you're still wearing Peter's habit. Right. And I still got my hair pulled back. I still smell a little bit better and I look cleaned up, but yeah. mm -hmm. I'm still the same. Same, same old lumber bash. Same old lumber bash. 
You can take one Bravash out of the forest, but you cannot take the forest out of one Bravash. Did we do anything to clean up the skins? I mean, I don't know how you clean skins of blood, really. No, you just gotta let it soak in. Uh, Yeah, you could could brush them and Mm -hmm. and try and get some of the crust off. Right. But really, the staining is probably going to soak into the porous skin. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah, so you get settled in your rooms and everything is laid out. Make well, it ready. Just, if we're planning to leave in the morning, I think we need to get together. Yeah, absolutely. Go and, ahead uh, and powwow. Okay, so um, I'm thinking that I just I walk in and you know on Bash's door, see he's in there. Are you decent? Yeah, are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you dressed? <laughs> um, yes, I have a hat on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Peter, are you with me? Are you coming? Um, uh, yeah, or do I'm, I have to go get him to? Oh, no, That's I'm, fine. You know to, you know to gather in. Bash's okay, room. so we I'm, all go I'm, in. I'm there. with you, but I'm kind of like keeping my head turned just in case. Oh, in case Swamp Bash is. I'm not in the having a repeat incident. Yeah. Well, we we can qu- pretty quickly tell he's still wearing the habit, and he's just piling up his skin. So yep. we go in there. All right. Well, how much do we remember? I don't remember. We, I don't personally like Meredith does not remember how much the stag told us about how to get started. Like we're, so we're going to Flenmore, correct? Yes. And uh, if you will recall, he said that you need to find information about the jewels of Edelin. Okay. And that's all he told you. Okay. So I think we need to head out. We need to get started immediately tomorrow morning. This I do have a a retcon question. So going back and at the top of the mountain, you found the map, right? Oh, yeah. Who held on to that? Uh, I did. Okay, so Peter has the map. Are you bringing that into the room with you? Yes. Okay, all right. So Peter has the map and the rest of the gang is there also. And Peter, have you stretched it out on the floor or are you? I say, Peter, let's have a look at that map again. So rolling out the map again, uh, you remember... There are 18 glyphs across the top in the middle, so it's nine symbols, and then a half sun, half moon in the middle, mm-hmm. and then nine, nine more, more glyphs, and then underneath is an outline map of the continent, and there are four stars. There are two in the southeast corner of the map and two on the western side of the map. Uh, who has the highest passive perception? I oh, have... Not me. <laughs> I have 13. Okay. I have 13 as well. Bottom of the column. 12. Okay, so 13 Passive and 13. Wisdom, right? 12, yeah. Something pulls at both Womberbash and Peter's eyes. On the I map. look in whatever direction my eyes are being pulled. Okay. <laughs> the map, you notice that one of the stars yeah. has moved slightly. Uh, in the southeast okay. corner of the map, one of the stars is not where it was yesterday or earlier today on the map. I missed that because I was, he's trying to sketch something. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. We have sketching going on here at the yeah. table. We're trying to visualize the map. Right. Uh, what I told Peter is that one of the stars in the southeast corner of the map has moved slightly from where it was this morning. And so he, I didn't notice that. He noticed it. Right. Okay. So I was going to say, Peter. So Peter and Womberbash, you notice that the star has moved just oh, no. a little bit. <laughs> We're supposed to be going to Flamersham. <laughs> Flynnmore. And we're going to see the stones of Edelweiss. <laughs> I'm going to poke you with my pencil. <laughs> yes. You have to sing the song before you can see them. Yeah, Edelin. Uh, you do know that this continent is called Edelin, so it's not an unfamiliar oh, okay. name to you. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that because I was about to say, Peter, does that mean anything to you? Edelin is the name of the continent. Okay. You've never heard of this term, the jewels of Edelin. Okay. Hey, I was thinking, what we have are jewels. Are our jewels, these stones, are they, are they the jewels of, of, of Adelan? They might be. That kind of makes sense. So does he want uh, us to find out more about what these stones are? I guess we'll, we'll find out once we reach uh, Flunmore. Or are there more of them? How many stones? There's 18 or something? There's four of them. There's four stars on the map. There's 18 icons. Okay. Uh, there's 14 glyphs. Of the top of the map. Now you had... Wait, we only have three and there's... You had two stones and then somebody else had another one. So presumably there's going to be more out there. Right. And also, like before, when my stone was next to your stone, there was like something happened. We should put our stones there together. Everyone get our stones out. Oh, oh dear. So I'll get mine out. 
back again and put okay. it in the middle. You all put your stones onto the floor, I take it? You're all mm-hmm. sitting on the floor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. we're maybe you know, facing each other on the floor and put them As you the let middle. go of your stones, the light begins to dissipate from them and they go back to their clear stone state after about a minute of the mm-hmm. light just gradually diminishing. Okay, let's let's actually hold on to the stones and put okay. them close together. So we pick them up and we hold them in the middle like that. Okay. Nothing. But they get or, their color back. They get their color back, yes. Okay. So when we were downstairs with Chiswick and like, or who was it? And we were holding the stones close together and they were like throbbing. Tira held two stones. Right, I had mine and Wumberbash's. Okay. Well, Tara, I, can yeah. you hold my stone? Okay, so I'm holding it both You together. hold both stones, and the color changes gradually from your red, your burgundy Wamberbash, uh-huh. to your yellow. Okay. And that music, the combination of the drums and the animal snarls, infuses your normal lullaby music. And it's an odd mixture, it and unsettling. it feels very uncomfortable to right. hold both stones. Yeah. In fact, they begin to heat up. Yeah. Oh, take this back. I don't. I don't put, want Tara, to put, put no. one in one nostril and <laughs> the other one in the other nostril. Stand one on your head. <laughs> and no. Um, it felt yeah, take, very yeah, uncomfortable. Was, I don't think they're supposed to be brought together like that. They seem to be just for each of us. I mean, I'd try and take Peter's. Have hold Peter's together with mine. Not happening. I'm kidding. Why not? Oh, that was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was thing. That was thing. Not Peter. All right. Yeah. That was no. thing. Not Peter. No. <laughs> yeah, try, try to hold Peter's. Okay. So I'm kind of reluctant because that was a really unsettling feeling. All right. And so I take Peter's. I have both Peter's and mine in the okay. hand. The green fades into your yellow. Okay. So it's a quicker transition. All right. But again, it's that dis disconcerting, almost like your teeth are on edge from oh, the music. Oh, I'm trying to shove magnets together from the wrong end. And that kind of, yeah, it does have something of that yeah. feel, but musically. Okay. It's like you're trying to bring two pieces of music together okay. and they do not want to jive. No, no, that's not right. Take yours back, Peter. These are clearly not meant to be joined. But we are. Hmm. Do uh, the, the map really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, are we on this map? Like where we are now? Would it, would it at least I recognize yeah, the I shape of the map? Yeah, I would say you know that Moriga, and in particular Arden, is located more centrally on the map. And so you are basically equidistant between the southeastern and western stars. But there's no indication of where you are. On no, the map. No, you are here. <laughs> yeah, there's no ideal locator on the map. Okay. Mm. Where's you... Where's Flenmore in regards to us? You, okay. You do know Peter and Tira, I would say, from your exposure to the dwarves. Mm-hmm. And the military. Yeah, or the militia. militia uh, that it's about 75 miles north across open moorland. So after, after you leave Arden to the north, it's a 75-mile stretch of road that goes through the foothills and then descends onto the moors. What's the distance? 75 miles. To the north. Wow. These these are some long long distances. Yeah, right. Um, Goodness. Okay. All right. So we know that we should not be bringing these together. But the stag wants the three of us to go together. I think, Peter, when you healed Chiswick's arm, that had to be a result of... That had to be influenced by your stone. You didn't have that ability before, I'm assuming. I hope not. And, and Lomberbash, when you... And I'm a little uncomfortable bringing it up because I know that he's still troubled by it, but when when you sort of transform, though... Gee, what? Oh, Peter didn't know about that. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't, I, wasn't there. I don't believe Peter knew. You, oh, were, yeah. both, you were both fighting... Bad okay. guys on the interior of the palisade, right. so you might have seen him unless you right. were just too focused. Yeah, it seems like he was, yeah. yeah. All right. So, Wombrebesh, when you sort of transformed... He... You... He what? Hold on, Peter. We, we can explain in a minute, but you didn't have that ability before, did you? No, I, I didn't really even know. I, like, I was, I was angry, and uh, I took the stone, and I heard animals, and then... I I knew when I went after one guy, but then from that point until I realized what I was doing, I'm not really sure I can remember what exactly happened. 
Okay, so that had to be influenced by the stone that you picked up as well. Yes. Nothing unusual has happened to me yet other than the song that I hear when I hold my stone. But clearly these are meant for each of us individually, and maybe more will be revealed as we... Maybe more will be revealed when we get to Flenmore. When you were fighting, were you holding your stone? I don't think I was. No, I wasn't holding it while I fought. Hmm. I'm actually anticipating, but also quite nervous. I mean, I use my stone, and I was putting people's arms back together. Wombabash used his stone and transformed? I, I think I was a uh, boar. You transformed into a boar? I think so. Not completely. I would, I would scoff, but in light of recent events, I'm actually not surprised. There's no telling what's going to happen to Tira next. There's a lot we don't know, but what we do know is that we were chosen for this. And I think it's important that we keep our minds open and our eyes open and that we get some good rest tonight because, as Peter says, there is no telling what's going to happen to us next, but we have to be ready to face it. What time are we leaving tomorrow? I think we should leave at first light. I agree. I'm going to bed. Okay. I'm going and to he bed. lies down and goes to sleep right, right there. <laughs> pretty much right there. And I might kind of cast a little smirk in his direction and walk out, head to my room. Go to bed. Okay. I follow. All right. So you're going into my own room. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Does not follow me. No. Terry, are you going to see Chiswick? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> all right. You all go to your individual rooms okay. and, and bed down. So is this going to count as a long rest? Yes. You, you will have so all, all, hit, hit points, all hit points. I'll hit dice. All, any spell slots that you've used. So, Peter, you used uh, Guiding Bolt, so that should come back to you. All my luck points. All, all your luck points, points and your side points come back. We're going to go seventy, potentially 75 miles on foot. Can we get, like, a wagon well, or something? maybe we'll find something as we go. Will, For all you know, we're going to, this is what we set out, we're going to get set upon by a band of whoever's, and we're going to kill them and take their animals. I mean, if I can get a hang of this stone, I, I could turn into a horse and... You all individually drift off into sleep. And after about 30 minutes of just unconsciousness, you all find yourselves together in a giant circular room. It is dimly lit and it is huge. The walls are so far apart as to be invisible. In fact, there may not even be walls to this room. Each of you knows immediately you are in a dream. There is nothing of note in the room but the three of you. You are separate from each other, arranged in a large triangle with about a hundred feet between each position. A low light shines up from your feet, illuminating a small circle around you, but beyond is darkness. The low sound of discordant strings sounds disconcertingly in the darkness around you, just high enough to be heard. Peter. You seem to be standing atop a low hill, looking westward across a land. The moon above is high in the sky, its milky white light a beacon. Below, all is still. As you strain your eyes to see something, anything, the moon's light is momentarily obscured by a deep, dark cloud. The land is bathed in darkness for a few long moments, but then the cloud shifts off, stopping nearby. The clear white moon and the deep black cloud seem to stare down at you. Then you notice movement below, out of the corner of your eye. Two figures stumble down a road, coming from the west, following a road that runs right past your hill. Both move awkwardly. In the manner of dreams, you know even from this great distance, they are a man and a woman. She moves stiffly, but only when her companion's attention is on the road ahead. Her face is pale and beautiful. He moves slowly, but his reason is apparent. In addition to wearing scale mail that gleams brightly in the moonlight, a heavy shield on his back and a sturdy crossbow at his hip, he carries a bundle in his arms. You notice with a start 
that the entire landscape behind the figures is engulfed in shadow that even the moonlight won't touch. It surges forward, straining at some invisible boundary, and at last one massive section bulges outward, racing forward silently behind the couple. It's like a peninsula of shadow that resolves into a human form yet still attached to the darkness in the west. It looks like holes form, like tears in the inky form, one showing the moon's light, the other reflecting the cloud's shimmering blackness. The road buckles and twists. Your hill rotates to follow the man and woman as they walk silently past you, and suddenly they stop at a place familiar to you. The rough stone walls of a chapel. The man and woman confer in silence though their mouths move. The woman leans in, kisses the man on the cheek, and heads along a road to the south, directly away from you. The shadow has followed them to this point, and now, seemingly no longer bound, it leaps forward, splitting in two as it does so. Incorporeal arms of blackness reach for the man just as he opens the door and steps inside the building. The shadow splashes against the door, dissipating quickly, and after a moment, the moonlight shines undisturbed on the tiny town. Womberbash. The woman from Peter's dream has left Peter's area and is marching down that hundred foot stretch towards your location. She's glancing with concern over her shoulder from time to time. She stumbles, catches herself, stumbles again. Coming at last to the door of a rude hut, she knocks, her hand making contact but no echoes reaching your ear. Her face looks hauntingly familiar. As you watch, you see the door open and she stumbles inside, weeping. A confused-looking man, you know him to be your father, catches her. The moon slips by at remarkable speed, followed by the sun. Stars whirl in the sky. Plants grow green, they wither, they go gray against the snow, then they burst forth with green again. You can hear yourself crying. And now you see a boy, young, on his mother's knee, eating from a silver spoon that he clutches in his fat hand. He holds it forth to show his mother the empty sockets, and she gently takes the spoon, pulls out a stone, touches it to the spoon, and suddenly the sockets are filled with sparkling bits of stone. A bird dives down and lands on the boy's shoulder. He claps delightedly, sending the bird off again. Seasons revolve, stars whirl again, and shadow from the north and west surge once more, knocking at the house's door in the night. Windows break inward, the door is reduced to splinters in the form of shadow, eyes of white and black, stands at the threshold. The woman cries out silently, the man yells something that is lost to the void. She pulls out the flashing stone, its white light arcing in the whirlwind of darkness. She falls, darkness streaming from her mouth, her nose, her eyes, her ears. So still, so cold. Her eyes stare up at the boy, who is now older. The man grabs the stone, yelling over his shoulder. The boy runs, but not fast enough. The shadow grabs at the man's hands. They struggle. In a bright burst of light, the stone shatters into shards. Through the dark hands, through the man's body, and a shard pierces into the boy. He stumbles, battered by the whirling wind, crying and lurching on until a tree rises from the ground. The boy enters its trunk, and the shadow recedes once more, leaving spirals of dissipating dark as it goes. Tira, you seem to be above everything that's happening, looking down from the top of the mountains. The shadow follows the line straight from Womberbash toward you. It comes on, barreling toward you relentlessly, fearsomely, painfully chill, dark as death, gathering speed, implacable, teeth like razors. When it comes to a stop, lies down on the ground and sinks into it. It lies for what seems like years. The dwarves in the mountains beneath your feet move about, digging, laughing, living. You sense years roll by. But then the ground quakes. Pebbles rattle at your feet. Stone splits. The darkness shows along the ground, showing like a crack. Stones split apart, and you tumble into the mountain. Now you are holding stone above you, pressing yourself up from the stone below. Your arms form a tunnel of safety. You sense voices crying out all around you, though they make no noise but echoes in your mind. An endless line of dwarves, kindred, friends, crawl through your arms. Dust is everywhere, choking dust that covers everything in a fine white powder. You see the still arm of a figure further down the tunnel. 
it is crushed under stone. Now, suddenly, you are younger, scared, crying. You are in a comfortable room with a roaring fire, but though you are snugly under your blanket, the shadow has been leering at you. You feel it, leaning back, preparing to strike when a gentle voice begins to sing. Sleep, my tear asleep. Close your eyes, see the light. Here, you're safe and warm. I will keep you through the night. You need not fear the unseen hand or fall ensnared by mortal plan. So sleep, my tear asleep. I am here by your side. The figure reaches for you with a comforting hand. I am here by your side. The hand is warm and gentle on the side of your face. I am here. And you awaken to find that the warmth of the hand is the morning sunlight on the side of your face. <laughs> and that's where we end. <laughs> Wait a minute. So do I have a piece of shard inside of my that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Dude! You do, have, like, you do have a scar. <laughs> okay. Please so don't I me. want to take a moment. <laughs> wow. A lot of revelation going on here. I have wanted to have this moment for a long time. <laughs> and so uh, we will start with experience points. And obviously not a whole lot of action adventure happened this time. But there was a lot of personal revelation. There was a lot of resolution that happened in this episode. And that is experiential. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give each of you five experience points. And then let's go with Norse battle. Um, hmm. <laughs> we didn't do anything. Well, hey, yeah, it's like, you first did. of all, I, I appreciate uh, her jumping to my defense when they were about to lynch me. So oh. <laughs> let's, uh, let's give let's give her some points. Yeah, why don't you take two for that, Tira? Okay. Good job with the role playing. So your impulsive nature. Yeah. And even though I thought about it real hard, how 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 was I going to be impulsive? Wait, what take her acting me like. Anybody else have a problem? Yeah, yeah that was Any me questions? Yeah. Any questions? <laughs> I feel like we should nominate you for some points for that awesome song. <laughs> I have been singing that in the shower. La, 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 don't know the words. <laughs> you had that song in your head for a while. Yeah. So I've been oh. singing it in the shower, in the car. I've, I've been wanting to sing it for a long time, and I know it was not as good as I wanted it to be. Oh, you were when, nervous, when I sang and you it. were so overcome, and it was so beautiful. <laughs> You should have been like, far over the I still always hear the one from the animated yeah, one. Yeah, I prefer oh, really? that one, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, I feel like I'm so Tira with talking to your dad, yeah. you know, uh, Womberbash with, with you continuing to stay true to character, mm -hmm. Peter with you with the physic. Uh, so I've already given you two for... Yeah, for my thing. Yeah. Why, why don't you take another two for your conversation with your dad and then... Okay. Womberbash and Peter both go ahead and take two for your interactions. And then uh, it was Tira's idea to plan for the next day. So you saying, all right, guys, we need to get our act together. Oh, yeah. So take another two for that. Sweet. Man. <laughs> yeah, any other rewards, any other uh, things that you wanted to particularly notice? Something you've done? Something someone else has done? For me, just being the cool guy that I am. <laughs> That's get, minus five you get, points. You right? get a sausage. <laughs> you get an extra sausage and some cheese. <laughs> Yay. Uh, 
It's funny because even at the end of the game, I'm trying to think, what did we do? You know, what, did, what did all of we say? Who said You went to what? the party, yeah. Yeah. So it was the party and the planning and the dream. Yeah. yeah. I don't have anything. I'm done. No, I think that's good. So yeah, I'm hoping good. that that has given you a little something to work with. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot in that to work with. First of all, the connection. Because, I mean, I don't know the connection necessarily between myself and... Um, there doesn't seem much between you and me. Between you and Peter, though, was that woman? It was the woman. Like, are you guys now, half between brothers you or something? I, but between you and I, it was the Bro. shadow that went toward you. So I'm trying yeah. to figure well, the out shadow, what the, the connection shadow is. is. The, the, shadow, the shadow was in my dream, too. Right. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, there was a, it seemed like there was a huge connection because the same woman from yours walked into mine. Right. But that, but that there was, other than the shadow, there was no connection here. Right. <laughs> it's just like... All I know is I have a glowing, dark crystal. No joke. Inside my body. He's Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> so then before we close out, let's go ahead and give our recap summary of experience point totals. Okay. Tira, you have... I am 59 points into level two. Okay. Womber Bash? I have 68 points. Okay. I have 57 points. Excellent. All right. Before we close out, I do want to make mention of a Twitter friend, Heatherweight8, who has really been helping to spread the word. Uh, she has given me a lot of good feedback about our show so far and um, has even uh, boosted us on her own Twitter feed. So we really appreciate that sort of involvement. And we want to encourage you to uh, continue to support the show. We enjoy having people who are enjoying the story. We're having fun doing this. Well, also, thanks, Heather. Yeah, absolutely. And we also want to say thank you to those who have given us a listen. It's helpful. And if you're at all enjoying the show, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. That would be very helpful and help boost us and tell friends. So if you're having fun with it, we hope that you'll share it with other people who might also enjoy it. And that's it. We just want to say thank you, and we will see you next time here at Stack of Dice. If you'll remember last time, our band of friends who are becoming closer friends by the moment uh, faced a very severe... <laughs> Traumatizing event. <laughs> I'll try this again. Real quick before I forget. So first I was starting to laugh because he said, "If you remember," and I was. <laughs> if you don't even know. <laughs> he said he started off. <laughs> you started off with "If you remember," and I'm thinking because I don't. <laughs> I don't remember what happened last time. <laughs> no, I'm getting there. Oh, no, no, I remember. So, well, yeah, we had the whole discussion with, I mean, like, what is like it like to kill people? Because I don't remember what happened last time because I didn't write it down. And then he said, you're becoming closer friends. <laughs> we never have fun in this recording, <laughs> ever. And it reminded me because, because last time I walked in on a Walker Bash snake. <laughs> <laughs> Closer friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, giving each other 